0: Hello and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. It's been a whirlwind of a year and looking back at 2020 is no simple task. Our day-to-day lives ground to a halt with the COVID pandemic but that doesn't mean nothing happened during the year. Andrew and I take this last episode of 2020 to look back and do an examine of sorts on the year. What were some highlights from 2020? What did we learn? And above all, how did we bring Jesus into these things? We hope you enjoy and wish you and your loved ones a very Merry Christmas. So over the weekend, my friends and I did um, so every year we do like a gift exchange, a white elephant gift exchange, and we did it virtually this year, obviously because of COVID and I managed to come away with a set of smart light bulbs, which is the first time I've ever gotten, um, that kind of a device. Like I have my Google home mini, um, base, well, that's basically it. Um, and, but I, I ever since I came to your place actually, cause you know, I'll come over and then your dining room light will be on or off and you'll be like, uh, I was gonna say, hey, blank, but I realized that would trigger my, my mini. So anyway, you would just use that smart device to turn on your, your your smart lights. So ever since that, I was like, damn, I really wish I had one of those things for myself. So I managed to come away with that um, from my white elephant gift exchange with my friends. Nice. Um, except I was trying to set it up before I before we started recording and I was coming across a lot of issues. So I don't know. I don't know if it'll work out as intended. It's
1: funny because I, I don't even have that many smart things anymore since I moved. Um, oh, yeah? yeah, so because um, so I still have the light switch for my bedroom, but then essentially the light switches for the rest of my unit are all in like one panel with like four light switches in a row. and and like right. the way that at least the light the smart switches that I have work just really isn't conducive to that kind of like a in a row type of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my dining room is no longer smart. And I had, to like find th- anyways, I had to like find things to do with my now like useless, basically smart switches. Um, one of them is now turning my Christmas tree on and off. Um, okay. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do in the new year. And the other one is literally just not being used because I just can't figure
0: out anything to do with it. But,
1: huh.
0: Maybe I'll take them off your hands if you yeah, would be it. so kind to donate them. <laughs> um, speaking of turning the lights off, uh, I think that's what we want to do with our podcast this year um, with, sorry, with this last podcast of the year um, to do a bit of a year in review. I like the way you put it uh, in our opening prayer separately, kind of an examine on our 2020 year. That's a nice way of putting a Catholic Ignatian spin on it. Yes. Um, and I mean, it's kind of, you know, the typical thing to do on a podcast, you know, you you're reach the last episode of the year and you take a look back at the last 12 months and um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully, as we kind of share about our faith journey, I think it'll be a really good exercise for us individually even. You know, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't know. This isn't something I normally do, right? Like, I know there are people who will, like, yeah, at the start of a new year, they'll set out their goals. And, and you know, for each month, they want to do this particular thing. And some people are really good at that. Some people aren't, I just straight up, I'm, not, I'm neither. I just don't do goal setting uh, for the year. And so accordingly, I don't really look back at the end of the year and be like, hey, this was actually a pretty good year. Or hey, I, I did this good thing. Or, or I could have I could have done better on this other thing. So um, this will be a new and interesting exercise for me. I don't I don't think you're really that kind of person either. Are you?
1: No, not at all. Um, every year, my dad, like, gives me the gears for it. Um, he's just like, oh, like, you know, you need a three year or five year plan. And I'm like, dad, like, I'm trying to figure out my plan for tomorrow. Like, <laughs> um, but I think, um, I mean, we'll get into it. But uh, I have gotten into more and more of a habit of doing like regular examines. And, like, right. That yeah. Um, So this isn't as strange in that sense, but definitely this would be my first time doing it, like looking as far reaching as like a full year.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I mean, I'll start with some low hanging fruit on my end. Um, I think it was, yeah, one of our, I think it was our third episode when we talked about uh, recapping the GT20 retreat that we both went to back in September. Um, and so as a, as a really quick reminder, in case anyone wasn't aware, GT20, that was something that I was on the planning committee for. So it was a year long journey. Um, and, and Andrew was part of the planning committee for the GT19 retreat. And yeah, I, I think it covered so much of my year that it would be it would be a, a total misstep to not even bring this up. Um, but I don't want to get into it too, too much, just because I know we did a whole like forty-five minute episode on it, anyway. Um, but it was, it was a really interesting learning journey. I think just thinking about um, how it, it really prodded me to go about my faith intentionally, and I, I think this is a good lead-in because this is something that both of us are going to talk and talk about um, later on. But with the, with the theme of the actual retreat being intentional discipleship, um, it, it really. Uh, place an emphasis on, on my own prayer life and, and trying to make sure that, you know, when, when things are not going as excite like as exciting as I might be used to, or, um, you know, as, as terribly as, as, as sometimes they, they might go, mm-hmm. um, it's still important to keep up the habit of, of prayer and, and making sure that you're still working on your relationship with Christ. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think it. it, I again don't need to dive into it too much, but like it would just not make sense for me to not talk about GT 20 at all.
1: Yeah, I think the word you're looking for is remiss. It would be remiss for you. That was
0: exactly the word I was looking for. (laughs) I was really I was really fumbling there. I would be remiss to not mention that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) but it was entertaining to watch you like try and like grasp at it. Um, Yes. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, speaking from my experience, from uh, GT nineteen, definitely, it, it's a huge part of the year. Um, for me, you know, one of the big things that defined my year um, is definitely getting engaged. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that um, you know, it, it only happens once, uh, and obviously, it's like the mark of a new chapter. Uh, we're kind of smirking because when we first started brainstorming about like, oh, what we want to talk about, I actually didn't bring it up.
0: Um, but so um, so andrew brought up like you know three other things related to like his spiritual life and the journey that he's been on for for 2020 and then i was like so was getting engaged not (laughs) one of the like bigger things that happened to you this year or
1: (laughs) oh and and so to be clear it was a big thing um (laughs) it's just i don't know i feel like i've just been in it for a while i guess i'm just Mm -hmm. used to it but um no definitely looking back at the year is huge right um first and foremost with, with getting engaged, I mean, it really brought the concept of, of thinking about vocations um, really to the forefront of my life. I feel like, you know, uh, you know, we talked about this in our first episode, right? It, it, it was kind of this thing where like once a year or once every couple of years, maybe there's this vocations director that comes in and talks about being mm-hmm. a priest. And that was kind of, you know, that was kind of it for talking about that um, And this year as a combination of factors, right, with um, spending more time looking at the spiritual life, having a spiritual director, which we're going to talk about a bit in a bit, um, and and all of that. Getting engaged gave a really different light to the way that I was approaching my life. Um, so I think it was definitely a huge turning point for a lot of, you know, those other things that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, definitely, particularly this Advent has been really different, right, where um you know advent they, they talk about you know as catholics talk about being in in this uh season of expectation right and and i really resonate with that to a different level right because i'm also in a season of expectation coming up to my marriage right yeah and yes. so that's been like my prayer over Advent, like so really trying to um the way i've put it is like rest in the spirit of expectation and kind of you know um learn what that means and, and really abide in that. And it's it's been really beautiful, but a very different experience.
0: I saw on Instagram that Cherry posted about uh you guys committing to doing the Angelus together every day. Was that it yeah. or yeah, that's a that's a really beautiful way of you know praying together and and really participating in the season of Advent. Is that are you guys just doing that, or is there anything else that you guys are doing together? That's
1: the main thing. At, yeah. at one point, we wanted to do some other reflections and stuff, but honestly, just life got a little bit busy. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: that's been the main thing that we've been doing together, um, and uh, and it's been really fruitful actually. So what we did is we just realized that you know we have all these smart devices. Well, we can use it for our spiritual life too. So. Both of us have smart watches, so we set an alarm mm. on our watch for twelve o'clock and six PM, and so it just vibrates and reminds us to to like stop where we are and Bay nice. It's almost like um it's really interesting because it's it's almost uh, actually reflective of you know medieval like feudal times, right? When like the chapel bells would ring with the angelus bells, and everyone in the town would pause and play the right? Yeah, um, I feel like we're almost it's, it's like the modern day version of that. right
0: yeah the very smart modern day version of the- <laughs> smartwatch vibrations i should have used that as a segue i didn't even realize that that would be a thing
1: yeah i, I mean i don't even—I don't even know if i told you but
0: um... no 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 <laughs> um yeah no that that's great it's it's funny because well actually it's not funny it's the opposite uh over the weekend with my spiritual director i was talking about i don't remember how we got onto it but we were talking about annulments and like yeah. how to get annulments so i i it's not really relevant, obviously, but uh, I, I, I don't,
1: just... don't know what you're saying here. But Yeah, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to use that to segue into our talk about spiritual director. So, um, yeah, so for me, uh, I would definitely say one of the biggest things that um, happened to me from a spiritual life perspective was getting my spiritual director. Um, so the process was was interesting. I think a couple of my friends. Um, you know they they had mentioned to me that like they thought it would be a good idea you know i was sharing about um trying to uh discern a better prayer life trying to discern some other things as well again which i'll, I'll get into in a bit but um i think just sharing about how i i really needed to get some perspective and uh, advice on how to navigate this kind of next step in my spiritual life where mm-hmm for a few years now right and this is kind of the whole theme of our podcast for a few years i've been out of university i've been in in the workforce and um things were kind of just lukewarm and and, and very i think too steady almost right um in a, in a place where i was too content um and uh, i I think what they they found was that you know they could i couldn't even rely on them almost for for kind of the advice that i needed or the push in the right direction that i needed so instead they just pushed me into uh, another direction of, of finding a spiritual director and so um i i attended a retreat uh, you know over the weekend um with our local parish young adults and we had father john o'brien uh, as, our, as our speaker. And so Father John is uh, the vocation director in Toronto for the uh, Jesuits, and um, his his kind of bread and butter and specialty is uh, Ignatian spirituality, so I got a nice refresher on that. Um, but one of the questions that was posed to him was, you know, how does one actually go about getting a spiritual director? Um, and, you know, I, I kind of wish, I, I I'd heard from him before on the topic, but, you know, It would have been a little bit relevant for me earlier this year when I was kind of trying to figure out who would be a good spiritual director. But I think in my experience, I've had two spiritual directors now. Um, Ultimately, it's kind of just if there is a priest that that or or it doesn't even have to be a priest. If there's a priest or a religious sister or even a lay person, if they're qualified, um, you know, just trying to reach out to them. And that's kind of what I did. And, you know, your first couple meetings, you don't really know if it's going to work or not. But for me, it's been working wonders so far. It's been four, five months now that I've been with him. Um, so I've I've been really fortunate this year to find him.
1: Yeah, so I've had a similar story. So I've been just over a year now with a spiritual director. Um, it was really interesting for me because when we started out, you know, I, I kind of had this concept of spiritual directors as like on a pedestal. Um, I feel like an additional, you know, piece of context that really helps with thinking about, you know, how does one approach getting a spiritual director? What's this kind of all about? Yeah. Um, is recognizing, um, as my spiritual director put it, um, that there are different forms of spiritual direction, um, and that it's not to say that you know. <laughs> I think the way he put it was like it's not like you go to seminary for being a spiritual director and you come and you're like I'm a spiritual director now. Right, like, not like that, right? Um, the idea really is to have someone who's helping you get to the right path, right? So um, the way that he um, gave an analogy on this was was like. Um, carving a statue right like like old school renaissance michelangelo kind of time mm-hmm. where you know the first step really is going to a quarry and like uh, hewing the rock out of the wall right um and getting that and then you kind of form it into a general shape and then you start to chip away and then you get more and more refined and you're going to need different types of skills for each of those parts so mm-hmm. you're going to need different people for each of those parts right and so the way he was talking about it was like, well, like all of those could be seen as spiritual directors, right? Where, you know, the first person hewing from the rock could be seen as maybe your parents bringing you to get back to be baptized, right? Or, mm-hmm. or that aunt who's like nagging you to go to church or that kind of a thing, right? These could all be seen as that thing. And every step along the way, even your friends, right, nudging you to yes. say like, hey, you should go get a spiritual director. Like that yes. could be seen as a form of spiritual direction in a sense, right? And so, you know, when you say it doesn't have to be a priest, doesn't even have to be a spiritual person, it could be a lay person. That's exactly it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really just looking for someone else to help us recognize God working in our lives. And like, depending on where you're at, people, you know, you might need someone with particular expertise or you might just need someone who is a little bit further along in the journey than you. Right. And I think different people are going to need different things. But for me, the last year has been really crazy with my spiritual director. It's been a roller coaster. Um, and you know it, it's helped me realize a lot of things about myself particularly like um even more than I thought like I really love nerding out about theology um so like half of our conversations is just like me asking him questions about like different theologies
0: and yeah. stuff. yeah yeah
1: um which I find really fun but um also you know there, there's been a lot to it um in, in terms of Yeah, learning what that relationship even meant to be like, right? I mentioned that, you know, I kind of had them on a pedestal before. And, you know, it was, I told myself for a long time, I want a spiritual director. And it was more so because I was like, oh, because like, you know, that's the thing to do to like become a saint or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, like, is that statement wrong? Like, not necessarily, right? Um, Am I doing this now for a different reason? Not really, but, you know, it's still somewhat different in, in that it's not like, having a spiritual director is a superpower kind of a deal. But it's just like, you know, I have a particular friendship, um, which allows me to really, you know, pursue the straight and narrow, right? Um, And helps me to do that, which, you know, praise God that that I'm able to, right? Um,
0: Yeah, I think the pedestal thing and the friendship thing is is important to put into perspective because, uh, yeah, people who, uh, even myself, um, you know, four years ago before I had my first spiritual director, right? three years ago whatever i don't know um i I definitely look at looked at them as like oh it's kind of a daunting thing or it's kind of intimidating um and essentially also putting them on a pedestal but you know you look at your relationship with your own spiritual director and also my mine, um and a lot of my friends and their spiritual directors it's it's truly it's a friendship and and that's kind of just what it comes down to right like this is someone that you're definitely going to be leaning on for for spiritual advice and guidance a lot um but at the same time, uh, the beautiful thing about this is that it's truly a relationship because my my spiritual director always reminds me that, like, you know, I might not know it in the moment. Um, even he might not know it in the moment, but like he's actually learning a lot from even just his conversations with me, which is still really humbling to think about. Um, and I guess I'm just saying it to put it into existence. I, I don't I'm still not 100 percent sure I believe it. I, I guess I do. But like still kind of on a on a like it's weird, mind blowing kind of level. Right.
1: Yeah, it's um. So uh, the way that the way that my spiritual director puts it is that like even like our conversations are life giving for him as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a lot easier to kind of grab, grasp for me. Um, but um, I mean, just to wrap up on this topic, maybe a little bit. Um, the the part that we're, the reason why we're talking so much about the friendship piece, right, um, is because really that's how you find your spiritual director at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Um, for me, I don't know about you, Jason, but for me, the way that I found my spiritual director in the end of it, I actually had engaged Father Donald Brian at first, and, and things didn't really work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, this priest. Um, I had gone to confession with him, and it was my first confession ever, where I was like laughing during the confession because right. it was like how much fun to talk to him. Right? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, like you know, I really clicked with this priest, and we had fun talking to each other. So you know, maybe this would be a good person for me to talk about like my life with. Mm -hmm. right that's that's basically how that snowball started and then and then that's how we started you know talking to each other as director directee so it can be things as simple as that like if there's just someone you can talk to about the faith who you find like really enjoyable to talk to Mm you you can ask the question right it doesn't have to be formal or whatever but
0: I know we want to move on, but like I kinda liken it to you know when we were kids in like elementary school and then you would see like your teachers at like the mall or something and oh. it'd be like, What do you mean Mr. Chow can like go to the mall? Like how can I see this guy outside of the classroom? There's no way. It's kinda like it's it's kinda and then now that we're actually like in our mid twenties and like closing in on our thirties and we have friends that are teachers in, in schools and everything, it's kinda like you see the flip side of that. And I think that's kind of um maybe applicable to this situation too, right? Like, yeah, spiritual directors are like you know, they're people you lean on for guidance, but also, also they are regular human beings, too. So, um, so I think uh, one thing that um, to move on here, one thing that I had touched on already with um, my note about GT20 was my discernment throughout kind of the summer and even throughout the year. Um, and this was a really big thing in terms of my own, quote unquote, spiritual life formation. Um, and I think the whole theme of just better habits um, better habits because that helps to build towards virtue, right? Like you, um, like I said before, right? Sometimes emotions are going to be so high and so low that like you kind of just ride those waves, but like 90%, 95% of life, um, my life at least isn't, isn't like that. And when I, when I don't have those big significant moments that are, you know, ups and downs in my life, I find myself settling really, really easily into just regular rhythms and not really thinking too much. I'm not the type of person to think too much, um, just being really content with how things are going. And that seeped into my prayer life as well. And this is something that I definitely worked with, uh, worked with my spiritual director on, was trying to build, um, it doesn't It doesn't even have to be better prayer habits, although obviously that was a big part of it, um, and maybe I'll share about it if I remember. But even uh, in the summer, I remember. Um, I think it was like after work, five p.m., five thirty p.m. I would just log off and immediately go outside, go for a walk, and pray my rosary on the walk. Right. Um, even if I even if I wasn't praying my rosary, I would still go out for the walk. Um, and then yeah, again, uh, you, sometimes I would just come back from the walk, and like three or four times a week, I would do my lame Nintendo Switch uh, Ring Fit Adventure workout right? To keep up a, a workout routine and, and a, an exercise routine. And I think all of these things for me, what I was looking for was to build up that that will to keep doing the thing, even if I don't feel like it. And and that's been, I, I actually see a bit of the fruits from that um, even now, because looking at the last two weeks, there were a couple times where you know, I've been, I've been, I've managed to build up the habit of praying the rosary every day. Right. So even in the last two weeks I've, I've, I've managed to, sorry. um, I remember having a few moments where I didn't actually feel like praying the rosary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not going to go and say that, like, I've had it every single day since, since, you know, June, I think when I first started this or whatever um, that I've successfully kept up that habit, but there were some days where like, yeah, there was actually, I was just super, super tired and, you know, things got in the way and I felt better about, um, missing it on those particular days but the last couple of weeks these two days that i'm talking about it felt more like it was like it just felt like it was out of laziness Mm -hmm. um and so i was like okay like get off your bed get off your phone stop scrolling on social media like just have the will to spend 25 minutes and pray the rosary and it worked right and i think i attribute that to to what happened over the summer
1: yeah yeah i think um you know the the habits piece is huge but one thing i want to really focus on is like the, the pursuit of virtue, right. Um, You know, we, we talk about um, (laughs) going back to the last one, we could talk about our relationship with our spiritual director. That's basically what we've been doing, right. It's really just um, building habits to, um, to, to grow in virtue. That that's really a really good summary of what the Christian life is in a lot of ways. And um, for, for me, it's been very similar, right. In terms of growing better habits um, and doing so in a way that is um i'm cognizant of what i'm doing it for, but not over cognizant of that yeah uh, and, and i say sure. that in a weird enigmatic way on purpose because it's something i'm still kind of wrestling with um but you know in particular um for for me you know i mentioned this a couple times like my main prayer habit is like to pray when i wake up um you know whether it's a morning offering or around just now it's i'm kind of non fussed, whichever one mm-hmm. um and then in the evening uh to pray um uh compliment or night prayer before I go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's like kind of my baseline. And then recently it's been really, really making sure that I pray the office there as well. But you know, building out that prayer routine has been something that's really been a huge part of my year. Um and you know it's taken most, if not all of the year to build that habit, right? And Mm -hmm. and it's still something that's a process for me, Mm -hmm. honestly speaking. Um, you know, building out the different parts of that, recognizing you know, which things am I doing for the sake of doing them, which things are really bearing fruit and how, and how am I being reflective of all of this? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, that's kind of my whole thing with the, with the summer, um, for me, uh, kind of in mirroring your summer of discernment has been like treating COVID time, particularly when I went back to Vancouver for four months as a time of retreat. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it was really interesting because, you know, um, being in COVID, obviously, we're not able to see as many people as we normally would. Um, it, it really gave me uh, a particular uh, opportunity to be in in quiet in a different way. Um, and, you know, I was really blessed because when I was back in Vancouver, the parish that I went to uh, also had an adoration chapel that was open every day. So that gave oh, nice. me a lot of time to, you know, I can't see anyone. So I'm just going to go to the chapel and see Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really great. Uh, to do that almost every day to go to to adoration or daily mass. Um, So that was a really, really great time of retreat for me um, to focus in on God and really just reorient a lot of things in my life and to make things easier, like, um, you know, cutting out a lot of distractions, um, cutting out a lot of those things in my life that just aren't beneficial. They're just entertainment for entertainment's sake um and and yeah really um again just realign myself
0: it took us like the better part of 25 minutes to to bring up covid which i'm I'm grateful for that would that would be low-hanging fruit in (laughs) in a year year year-end review um but i think you're you're so right about you know i feel like if we jumped onto like a bunch of um like sorry not jumped onto like we're hosts and or guests that that would be good enough to be invited but if we listen to a bunch of podcasts um it doesn't matter sports politics whatever a lot of people might just bring up covid as um what a pain it what, what a pain it's been right for 2020 and i think that's one way of looking at it no one's no one's thinking of covid as um a real blessing in their life i mean i think it's more so a blessing in disguise if, if we were going to look at it through that lens yeah But I think it's um, it's very much up to us right, to try to take something that has been given to us that isn't really that, um, you know, that great or that opportune. But instead to take that instead of complaining about it, um, turn it into something that is going to be fruitful. Right. And especially within the context of our faith lives where. For you, yeah because you haven't been able to go out and see friends you were able to go and find an adoration chapel and spend that time with Jesus instead and what a beautiful blessing that is too right and um I've definitely heard from like myself um you know what I've just talked about in terms of my my own habits and uh because I, I don't know if I would have focused as much on building those habits and working towards being a better virtuous um, Catholic if I didn't have that time on my hands I probably could have been playing frisbee, playing board games, um, all of these things. But you know, I think a lot of us, a lot of our own friends, um, we were able to kind of treat COVID as a time of retreat. That's exactly how you put it, um, and turn it into a way to to help better our faith and better our, our current lives instead.
1: Yeah, that, that's like the Christian thing, right? The mm-hmm. the really one of those core countercultural pieces is that. Um, we look for grace in suffering, right? Yes. Um, and that's that's just one of the beautiful things that allows us to take things that are as you know, um, sucky as COVID, right? To to use high level terminology. It's um, <laughs> unrelatable. Really educated, very. Anyways, um, it's just it's it's awful, right? There's yeah. there's a lot of pain, a lot a lot of suffering, but that's the Christian thing. It's like you know, where is the grace here? Because uh, you know we we know if if we trust the the Christian thing right if we trust our faith then then there are graces to be seen here mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Now you had thrown one last thing onto our our notes of um twenty twenty here in yeah. terms of participating in our own salvation yeah what so does this that, mean?
1: Piece that that's been coming up um for me in the last maybe month or so that is kind of leaving me off with a big question mark and and something for me to grapple with um is this idea that we participate in, in our own salvation. So um, really that what this is getting at here is um, understanding that, you know, Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he saved us from our sins. He saved us and all of humanity uh, and, and, you know, reconciled ourselves to him and to his father, right? Um, this is something that we're all taught in like elementary school, catechesis. It, it's it's one of the core tenets of our faith, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the... Enigma there is that we still have a part to play, right? Um, it's not to say that Jesus saved us all. And, you know, this is, the, this is one of the core things in the Catholic faith. It's not that Jesus saved us all and redemption is there for us no matter what you do, right? Um, there are things that you can do that are going to get you into hell, right? There are things that you can do that are going to, like, you know, get in the way of that redemption, right? And that's sin, right? You know, missing the mark, as I think the Greek is, is meant to really say yeah um and so you know what we do matters but it's also not so much to say that we get to heaven because of our own efforts mm-hmm. it's not that we earn our way into heaven either right so this is this is um you know one of the beautiful things in our faith but also one that i'm really really struggling with right now i really wrestling with i should really say is that we you know christ instigated and and you know and gave us the platform for our salvation for us to participate in Right, So we have a role to in our salvation, but it's really him who does all the work, right? Mm-hmm. it's kind of tying in a lot of the stuff we talked about previously, right? The whole, the primacy of grace, the primacy of right? grace. right? So where, you know, um, the fact that we even want to do these things and have the will to do these things is coming from God. So it's really him that's helping us with this anyways, right? But still, you know, we have our free will, which is one of the beautiful things, the, the kind of testaments of his love for us that lets us follow through or not follow through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what I mean by this participating in our own salvation piece, which, um, yeah, it's, it's really tough for me in particular, right? Because I, you know, I was brought up in a way that was very like, you know, you control, you know, different things, yeah. right? Um, you know, my dad, one of his favorite things to say is, you know, there's no such thing as luck because luck is when preparation meets opportunity, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, make sure you're prepared. And say, like, okay, you know, I'm going to do the things to get myself ready for this thing you know, or whatever, right? Um, so that's kind of how I was brought up. Um, and here's this tweak where it's like, okay, like I can do the things to get myself ready, but it's not thanks to me that these things came through. So it's just kind of
0: weird. It No, I totally get you. And I, I totally understand why you're still wrestling through it. And, you know, even posing it to me, it's just, it, it really begs the question of like, almost some kind of, philosophical existential crisis is sort of like, is there a point for us even being here, right? Like, so we we do control things, but also it's not really within our control. And um, is there some kind of predestination going on? And I'm not trying to like just create questions for us to, to ponder, or maybe it'll be future podcast content. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's something that is kind of like a, a weird cycle uh, when you try to think about it. And again, I guess that's just kind of philosophy in general. But um, no, I, I, I think what I would say is I, I'm excited that you shared about that because I was only half joking about, you know, potential podcast content, you know, in 2021, not in the sense of like, oh, let's just create content for the sake of content, but it's almost like this podcast for you and me in some ways is a bit of a diary is a bit of a journal is a bit of a spiritual journal. And I would love to see, you know, maybe 12 months from now, maybe six months from now, whatever it is, if we, if we were to like revisit everything, if we were to, you know, let's say COVID is over and I can come back over again. And we just started binging all of our episodes. Can we be like, Hey, I remember in December, 2020, when we were really wrestling with this, and and looking back, I can see the the fruits of of that wrestling and I can see how I've managed to find those answers and increase my faith in the Lord. I think that's what that's what really excites me and kind of the whole theme of our podcast.
1: Yeah, totally. No, I, I'd love to kind of just dive into this, right, because it's um, it's a fun conversation. Like it, it gets really philosophical, right? Um, and, and there are different things that come up in it. Um, but really, you know, uh, to me, this is marrying our today's culture in a lot of ways mm-hmm. with the culture of our faith, right? Because our our culture is also very much about like the self-made men, right? like the, you know, what am I doing to to become the the next person who's in the top thirty under thirty because I, I did all this stuff to like make myself successful, right? Yeah, um, you know that that's kind of what society celebrates, right? And so what we do for ourselves. Um, and then here is, again, you know, the countercultural. It's like, okay, well, it's great that you did all those things, but it's not really about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, I'd love to dive into it. I think it's a great thing for us to look at.
0: It'll be exciting. It'll be exciting. And, you know, this is, again, our last episode for 2020. Is there anything else you want to cover in terms of reviewing 2020? Or I don't think so. Not really. You know, yeah. uh, these are the main things, I think. Yeah. So again, our last episode for the year, and you know, we've started. We've been doing this for four months now, and um, five months actually. And we really have to thank you guys for following along. You know, um, I think just even listening to our quote unquote, what we just referred to as our spiritual journey, right? Like who actually wants to sit down and listen to us talk? Um, like, <laughs> I don't know what the appeal in that is, but <laughs> we do, we do hope and pray that, you know, maybe listening to that has, has offered some kind of relevancy to your own spiritual life and your own spiritual journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in terms of looking into the next year, uh, not that Andrew and I have formally talked about it, but yeah, I think we're excited for what the next 12 months of podcasts look like. Um, whether it's, again, sitting down and being able to examine our, our spiritual journey so far and the things that we've learned, but also, you know, bringing people on. Um, we, we've talked about this informally and, and really picking their brains or, or learning from their own uh, personal journeys as well. Um, so we're, we're excited for 2021. We hope you guys are too, um, with the Christmas season coming up, I do want to say actually a PSA first. So, um, Cherry and Andrew were talking about this just before we started recording, but, uh, in case you guys haven't heard, and in case you are listening to this before December 24th, um, the Archdiocese of Toronto is providing communion fit, like short 15 minute communion services. So the Archdiocese, the Cardinal, Cardinal Collins through a missive, uh, asked all of our local parishes within the archdiocese to open themselves up for short 15 minute communion services. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go and sign up for those. If you really wish to receive communion um during Christmas, obviously it's a really important day. Um, And you know, with COVID, if maybe you haven't even gone out to mass over the last six months, I think this would be an especially opportune time for you to go and take advantage of that. So look up your local parish website um, and and see if those Eventbrite uh, signups are are up and available. Um, Okay, so yeah, just to sign off here, uh, Merry Christmas to all of you. Stop saying happy holidays. A quick quick note, uh, we were originally or I had originally proposed that we do a full episode on like not saying happy holidays. Just remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, right? I, I feel kind of lame saying that that rhyme or whatever, but you know, there wouldn't be a holiday break if Jesus wasn't born and if Mary didn't say yes, and if the angel Gabriel didn't come so I, I don't know Look, if you have anything to say
1: there is nothing insensitive about wishing someone else joy on a day that you celebrate okay <laughs> like that's that's my thing like i've gotten so many happy holiday emails from everyone signing off yeah. get out, and i answer every one of them i hope you have a great christmas too <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> because i want
0: them to be happy on december 25th and there's nothing insensitive about that so yeah don't be shy exactly so We didn't do a full episode on it. You're welcome. But, you know, just just stop wishing people happy holidays. That's all. Um, Okay, so, yeah, on behalf of Andrew, thank you guys again for for listening to us these past five months. Um, And we hope you're as excited as we are for this upcoming year. And Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, everyone.